Hey, hey, it's Jason. This is it, the finale to Rated RPG Descent into Avernus, episode 93, The End. But before we dive into it, a couple of quick things. Our brand new Patreon tiers are up, and they do pertain to the Valley of Green Gold, our next podcast-only adventure on Rated RPG. You can check it out at ratedrpgpodcast.com. That's our website. You can find out more about the adventure. It premieres on January 23rd, 2023. It will be a once a week podcast only adventure. The uh, character you're going to meet first is Aaron's character, Wendell, and you're going to love him. Also, the live stream only adventure being run by Emery is going to take place on the last Tuesday of each month. In January's case, that will be January 31st. So we hope you enjoy it. Go to ratedrpgpodcast.com to get all the details about it all. And, of course, the uh, Patreon tiers, like I said, are live. We couldn't do this. We wouldn't be doing uh, two uh, different adventures without our Patreon supporters. A big gold trophy goes to Chris Fail for supporting us and our collective buffoonery over the years. Thank you so much, Chris. And two silver stars, one for each of your foreheads, to Turtle and Crow. For your support and artistic contributions, we are grateful. Thank you to our level 15 bards. They are Mage, Jerry Vite, Scott McGrath, GBS Trek, Squid Lips, and Anna. And the level 15 bards are now known as the Gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. So thank you to our new Gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members there. Also, thank you to our rations and adventuring gear supporters, Banana Fish, Schmoopy, Mick and Addy, Kate Slauson, Igor Vakich, Eli Chafin, and Uglaset. That's the business, and this is episode 93. Previously on Rated RPG. Suddenly, the cackling demon lord shuts his maw (laughs) and narrows his eyes, gazing up towards the sky as a beam of radiant light pierces the haze. Powerful angel streaks down from above, followed by a gold-furred mammoth with feathered wings. The angel slashes her sword across Yunagu's chest and utters a spell. A portal opens behind the demon lord as the mammoth rams its head into Yunagu. The demon lord is sent tumbling through the portal, which quickly closes behind him. Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears and bards, <laughs> to Rated RPG. The actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Yeah! What? I just peed in my armor. <laughs> I was this close to actually using my true potential. It was almost over. Oof. Ooh, he lucky. Nice job, guy. You actually did get him down to exactly 100 hit points. Oh, wow. Hey. That's not bad. We were chipping. Yeah. So was that a timed event or was it a hit point event? Both. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, right. guys, I think we could have succeeded if we just tried to, to, you know, stick frogs up his ass. I think it would have been fine. If we would have got those eggs. Oh, boy. It was wrap. <laughs> so well, he's uh, just gone now? The mammoth just, like, uh, sped off with him? So Zeriel slashed him on the chest, cast a spell, a portal opened, and then Lulu... The mammoth slammed her head into his chest, with, which uh, knocked him into the portal, which then immediately closed. She yeeted his ass. Uh, yeah, so wow. the angel and the mammoth land nice. on the ground in front of uh, the statue uh, and look around. Uh, and the angel uh, pats 
uh, the mammoth on the head and says, Good work, Lulu. And uh, gets off of her. And she immediately shrinks down to a tiny little hall of it. Does this look like Zeriel? So this looks a lot like the statue that you guys are standing on. Hmm. Zeriel? She looks up at you and says, Yes, I am Zeriel. Who are you? Uh, my name's Glovejack. I must thank you and your companions for doing what you could to defend this town. She looks around, idle glide at the destruction, and you can see that she appears a little sad, but something else. Why don't you guys go ahead and make a um, insight check here? I'm actually going to climb up on top of her head on the statue. Okay. <laughs> you know, just so she can see me. 17 for Mr. Glubjig. And that is going to be the only one. So Glubjig, you're the only one who notices this, but she seems sad, but behind that sadness is rage, anger, that she is sort of like barely controlling and containing. What's going on there, Zeriel? <laughs> As you're saying that, you notice that there are various warriors, knights on mounts, on horses, that are sort of charging through the haze that is surrounding this uh, this town. They all become visible, and it, it turns out that Zeriel is not here on her own. She has brought with her a whole host of knights. Hell Knights, actually. They start charging through the town and slaying any gnolls that may have gotten away and trying to look for any uh, people to rescue. So, Zeriel, uh, I can sense some anger in you. Uh, I think you might be thinking inside that you should fall from grace and fight demons and become a, a hell uh, arch devil. Maybe, maybe you don't do that. Zeriel. Uh, hi, um, I'm, I'm Race the Roaster, you, you saw Glubjay. We're, we're a whole posse, this is the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. You must be a big deal. We have heard tales of your strength, but more importantly than just tales of your strength, we've heard tales of your benevolence and your kindness throughout all the, the ugliness you've seen. And we're from the future. By the way, we're from the future. Hi, Lulu, you'll know us and forget us at some point in the future. All I'm saying is you cannot let the good you've done be weighed down by the evil of dickheads. Don't let a dickhead ruin your vibe. It's one of our mottos. She smiles and uh, she says, Thank you for your concern, but I would never let that happen. No, but here's the thing is you do make that happen. <laughs> it's act it's going to happen. So you should maybe not do it. <laughs> she doesn't seem to be like responding perfectly to you guys. You can almost see like uh, that she doesn't even appear to be fully listening to the things that you're saying. Mm. And she will occasionally sort of like make little mistakes where she will be in one spot and then like be in a different spot a moment later. She's glitching out? Yeah. Mm. You notice that actually she fails to refer to you guys by your actual names. She just calls you like heroes and companions and things like that. Uh. And uh, she thanks you though, uh, but you can still tell that no matter what she says, like uh, saying how brave you were and thanking you and all that, she's very distracted. She seems very upset. Meanwhile, uh, one of the Hellriders, a woman in her 30s with a fresh deep cut on her cheek, gets off of her horse and walks up to the heroes. And same thing, she doesn't really uh, use your name, so to speak, but she does introduce herself as Yale. Hey, I spit out a couple of my teeth and some blood from inside <laughs> of my body, and I say, Yale, uh, uh, we met a uh, friend of yours, um, Eh, forget. Never mind. And then I fall over. <laughs> and I come down from the statue and I say, You need you guys need to listen to us! 
And I do, I do this in front of their faces. <laughs> they they seem to almost ignore you like you weren't even there. Uh, hey, uh, Yale, where'd you, where, where are you going to hide the sword? Have you thought about that at all? <laughs> she just smiles and uh, continues to thank you for what all that you have done. Uh, you guys notice that Zeriel has completely stopped uh, acknowledging your existence and uh, is just talking to more of her Hellriders. In fact, she's talking to two characters that look very familiar to you. Uh, they look like, well, do you guys want to take a guess who they look like? One of them is the general. Um, wait, oh, who's the first girl who was our companion? Uh, oh, oh, her. Yeah, no, she she hasn't been born yet. Yeah. No. Holanthius? Ah, yeah, yep. And uh, the guy that uh, that was uh, on Haramon's hill? Yeah, Haramon uh, himself. Oh, it's yeah. Haramon, yeah. Oh, yep. wow. She's uh, conferring with uh, two of her generals, full armored uh, men on these massive war steeds. And, and you can recognize them even though they look very different. They're not undead. They are, they're, they're resplendent in their golden armor. Uh, and you just can't help but you know, feel a little bit of sadness knowing what is awaiting them. What are they talking about? You're a little too far away to hear, but you can attempt to overhear with a perception check. Oh, wow. Amazing. Doing it excellently. Got some pretty decent rolls there. They're not whispering amongst each other, so uh, anybody who got a 15 or higher can hear them. It seems like Zeriel is attempting to convince them that they need to find the portal to Avernus that uh, Yunagu used to come here and go through it oh, no. and essentially pursue him and put an end to this once and for all. Wait a minute. Yunago came from Avernus? Yeah, there is a rift in Avernus. Avernus, uh, you know that war that's constantly happening Yeah. in Avernus? Yeah. There is a massive rift there that uh, leads to the abyss. So he popped here from there. Yes. So yeah, you guys overhear that and, and it seems like um, Olanthius and Haramon are not really having a good time convincing her not to do that. She turns to face you guys, unless you want to do something to uh, interrupt her conversation. Yeah, I'm going to go take her sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Let's, let's, if she's going to talk to us, let's listen. Okay. All right, she, she turns to you, uh, and you can see that her generals appear very, like, concerned, and they're kind of shaking their heads and talking to each other. Uh, but she turns to you guys and, and looks at you and says, Inagu slaughtered those who I swore to protect, but I can stop him and others like him. I might have to give up all I stand for, but I could stem the tide of chaos and save many lives from the demonic terrors of the abyss. If you were in my place, would you risk it all to save others? No. Yes. Yeah, no, I would. would I would do it. I'd wreck. What do you uh, what? have? I'll do it right now. Uh, let me go in, in you, your place. You would become a hell lord? I'm gonna, no, I'm trying to help Zariel out and save everybody. I'll, I'll go take Zariel's place and I'm a, like, uh, not, I, I can barely do shit. I won't be able to rule over hell and cause lots of trouble like she did. It's perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll do that for you. She gets her answers from those two and she doesn't give it a response right away to your offer to take her place. Uh, but she does turn to the other two members of the party, and uh, she's looking like she's looking for an answer from each of you. Zariel, we are familiar with hell and hell's assholes. We will take your place. You don't, you can't fall. You are bigger than this. You have more fish to fry. We can do this. Dot com. I stand up on my wobbly 
tree trunk legs, and blood dripping out of every hole in my head. And I stumble forward and I say, Zeriel, I am an Oath of Vengeance paladin. I worship Hor, the god of vengeance. But I have learned that there is a greater evil that needs to be addressed. And sometimes you need to wait for that to happen. You need to wait for your opportunity. You can't just rush off and let your anger in the moment drive your actions. You must, you must stay. You mustn't go to hell. Horrible things will happen and you will lose everything. And then Ray says, We will have to go in your place. <laughs> I've heard everything they've said for the last minute and I agree. If Zeriel, you have a power that it, if it's corrupted, could very well bring down the calamity that you so wish to prevent. If we go and we get lost to the sands of time, it's just a couple dudes getting lost to the sands of time. Let us take your place. Listen to your men. You've known them for thousands of years. They would not steer you wrong. They follow you because of your just thoughts. Yeah. Listen to your friends. That's what we do every day, all day long. Yeah, listen. Listen to your heart, not your ego. Missions are important, and to have a, a goal and a mission is great, but you can't lose yourself. Uh, you know, like what makes you great is not just your law, but your goodness as well. And you can't do it alone because that would not be enjoyable. And let me tell you, I'm an expert on what is enjoyable. You guys uh, s say these answers. And it seems like for the most part, you guys are are telling her, she, she asked you if you were in her place, would you risk it all to save others? Yeah, and we said, no, we'd listen to our friends and not do it. Yeah. Okay, so you say, you say no. Is that what all of you guys say? You would not risk it all to save others if you were in her place? Well, it depends on what the, like, what's the poll here? Because I'm not sure what the poll is right now. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward question. I'd risk it all, but... I would not do what you're going to do, because we know, because we're from the future. <laughs> no, don't say that. Okay, no, what? not that. What's the question? Let's hear exactly what the question is. Inagu slaughtered those who I swore to protect, but I can stop him and others like him. I might have to give up all I stand for, but I could stem the tide of chaos and save many lives from the demonic terrors of the abyss. This is the important part. If you were in my place, would you risk it all to save others? Yes, I would. Well, yeah, of course. Obviously, if you phrase it that way. Yeah, if that's the question, then yes. Even if we do know that it's gonna fail miserably and you're gonna fuck it all up, sure. Okay. That's what we're trying to do for you, but you won't listen to that. So yeah, all right, do it. I wouldn't become evil though. No. That would be lame. All right, uh, so we got we got yeses from everyone except for race so far, I think. I'm right? taking into account everything that's happened with us, right? And we have risked everything. And look, jokes aside, we've seen a lot of people die mm -hmm. that we didn't intend to die. And that's kind of, you know, that's just the way on you. And I see this person, right? And, and coming as an orphan, I've seen people get corrupted by trying to do what they thought was right, but what they don't realize is they put themselves in a corner. I'm thinking out, out loud as I'm trying to say this to Zeriel. And long story less long, Zeriel, <laughs> I truly believe that if you have the respect of your men that I can obviously see you have, they would not steer you in the wrong direction. This, this is not all or nothing. You live a long life, you live a long good life. It would be foolish for you, this is a pride thing. You're letting your pride and your survivor's guilt make you make a wrong decision because you're looking for a quick fix to something that is a slow burn. 
I think you're making the wrong decision. And I have risked everything. I've literally died. I saw my best friend die. And you know what I thought that whole time? It was the right decision. But if I could go back and get those lives back, knowing what I know now, I would make different choices. I'm trying to stop you from having guilt of something you can't repair later. You're, you're letting your ego potentially ruin your life and the lives of your men. Yeah, he's right. I might, I might do the same thing as you if I were in your shoes, but that's because I am flawed. Listen here, I would give my life, but I would not give up who I am and what I stand for. Precisely. Because what's the point of that? If you lose who you are, what's the point? She thanks you for your answers. Uh, she doesn't seem to be moved by any of your admittedly very persuasive words, but she does thank you for all of your responses as she says a prayer to Lathander over all of you. You guys actually put a lot of a lot of work into those answers, and that's really good. And I think the reason why you did so is because you thought that there was some chance that this version of Zeriel could learn things. Uh, but as the the world begins to sort of fade away from your view, you realize that this was just a memory of Zeriel. This is not some manifestation of her. All of these things that you just experienced here were a very, very real memory. Um, so this has given you some practice in what you might say to the real Zeriel if you ever were to find her, but uh, it didn't actually mean anything now, except for what your actual answer was, yes or no. That does matter. And it seems like it was a yes from everybody, except for maybe race? I'm still not entirely sure whether yours was a no or a yes more. The qualified yes. <laughs> it was a qualified, <laughs> to be fair. There is a third option, which is just to not answer. That is totally a viable option. All right. If you guys want. It's a tough question for sure. And don't worry, guys. There's no, there's no right or wrong answer. This is a moral question. You know, this is like a, it's a conundrum. All right, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd go out. I'm gonna go third option. Can I neutral it? Yeah. Third option, so don't answer. That's fair. That's fair. Because you know, at its face, this is a question that says if you were in her place, and I think some of you guys are not looking at it from her perspective because she doesn't know the things that you know. She just sees this as an opportunity to pursue Yanagu and stop him. Okay. From harming others, even if she has to lose it all. So if that in that case, in from her perspective, is Imagu kinda like the big bad to her? He's definitely one of. She uh she is obsessed with fighting demons and hunting demons. Demons are chaotic evil, which is the opposite of her in every way. Uh and so they're her antithesis, yeah. So this just this is what she does. Like pretty much. It's not like she's gonna retire and like kick her feet up on the sand or whatever. Yeah. No. She is going to live her life to kill these demons. That's just it. She is an immortal being, yeah, who will exist forever fighting demons. Then I, I guess I would give up everything because if my if I only have one job, if I'm a hammer, my job is to continue hitting nails. I'm going to say yes. All right, so that's a yes. Continue hitting nails. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the memory ends... Uh, and you all feel that you have been blessed, given some sort of boon that will hopefully aid you in the coming trials here. Those who answered that they would risk it all, as Zeriel did, each gain a charm of vitality. Cool. Charm of vitality says you get the benefit of a potion of vitality as an action. Once you do so, the charm vanishes from you. So 
once in your life, you can use an action to gain the benefits of a potion of vitality. I like it. I don't know what that is, but it sounds beneficial. <laughs> what if we had said no? If you had said no, then you would gain the charm of restoration, which would allow you to cast greater restoration or lesser restoration a few times. So like I said, there really wasn't any wrong answer except for the non-committal no answer, in which case don't get anything. <laughs> I'm gonna go pick up my eggs. Wait, should you be touching those? You can touch the eggs. You just, like if you eat them and you make your saving throw, then you get to increase your lowest ability score by one. Oh yeah, be careful because they're all right next to the toads. Don't touch the frog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tama 3 million says, dude, Dion's speech was movingly awesome, I gotta say. I agree, Tama. I, w I just wanted to agree with everything he was saying immediately, because it was very moving. I was moved, and I don't get moved. It was really good. I was a little bit sad that, like, you weren't actually talking to Zariel right there. Listen, I've had arguments with drunk girlfriends before. It felt just the same. Just there was nothing getting through, but I tried. I love you. <laughs> the memory of Idle Glen fades away. You guys recall here the story of Zeriel. You've now seen the beginning, the middle, and the, the, basically the end. You saw how she started off as a warrior for light and good and justice, tasked with ridding the multiverse of the chaotic and evil threat of demons, uh, a quest that is pretty much never-ending, yet Zeriel pursued it with a level of zeal and righteous uh, anger that was unmatched by any other being in the universe, perhaps. You saw as this uh, drive to protect the innocent and punish the wicked caused her to save Idle Glen once from the forces of Inagu. She was the hero of Idle Glen and they erected a massive 30 foot tall statue in her honor. And then you saw that many years later, the forces of Inagu attacked yet again. Uh, but this time, Zeriel was not fast enough to rescue the people there. Thankfully, a group of heroes, who may or may not have been you in this weird time travel scenario, did manage to rescue some of the people who were taking refuge in the temple to Lathander. Was one of them Ella? Ella? That's the chick that was under the cart. Oh! <laughs> yes. Yeah, she made it out, <laughs> thanks to you guys. Oh, thank God, Ella. But uh, by the time Zeriel arrived, the majority of the town was in ruins, many of the townsfolk slain, and this was the last straw for her. As the memory fades away, you find yourself standing in the bleeding citadel before the dais, atop which glows the sword of Zeriel. Also before you are Lulu and the ghostly warrior Yale. The Hollyfint is the first to speak. I remember everything now. Idle Glen was the last straw. We followed Zariel into Avernus, but the evil there proved to be too much for us. Asmodeus appeared and promised Zariel infernal legions to end the blood war, but she had to give the Lord of the Nine Hells her fealty. She accepted and became an arch devil, but not before Yale and I took her sword hoping it could redeem Zariel someday. I gave up my magic and my memories, and Yale gave her life to construct this place to protect the sword. Yale's ghost then says, You have faced many trials to claim the sword of Zariel. I'm sorry to say, but you face one more. 
As the inscription on the dais says, the hero who becomes one with this blade exists no longer. Which of you is brave enough to draw the blade and be gone forever? I will do it. I guess he's got dibs. He said it first. All right. Yale uh, steps aside and motions towards the sword in the stone. I walk up to it. The place is silent as uh, the footsteps of Hamstone echo across the bleeding citadel. Hamstone, wait! I turn around. Why, Hamstone? Why? There's, there are four of us. We should all do it together at the same time. Except for Glubjag, he's ordering pizza. <laughs> what, what, what is pizza? <laughs> it's a bugbear delicacy. It's not, Im- it's not important right now. Okay. <laughs> What's important is that we all touch the sword at once and die. Do you have n- nothing to live for? I mean, I, you guys are my best friends. You're my only friends. I don't, I don't have, I never had no friends. The Hellriders didn't want me. My family didn't want me. How the heck do you think I, I ended up in hell? And I got hungry, and the next thing you know, there I am, trapped in a bargain with the, the Wandering Emporium. Uh, look, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Be here with you guys and fight alongside you and almost die. This is the happiest I've ever been. I can't let you guys get sucked into this too. Well, you know, Hamstone, yeah, I, I, I did love me a Kozlo, but you're probably the, the best replacement we could have gotten for him. Uh, and you, you've become dear to me as well. And, you know, like, I don't think I've ever said this in all my years of campaigning in the military, but uh, I, I'd give my life for all you guys. So I, I also think we should all do it at the same time. Well, if you guys want to do that, then I guess... I, I guess I got some real friends. Yeah. Gosh, you guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> Lulu's already sobbing incoherently. She's like, should I, should I do it too? Lulu, hell no, stop it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Lulu, you're, what, you're one of us, so if you want to, go ahead. Okay. I've been waiting so long for this. <laughs> so who is going to step up and pull the sword from the stone. Multiple people can do it, if you want. All of us. All of us. Yeah, fuck it, man. Gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. All for one. Okay. Come on. Can we all pee on it first? It's a GPB, baby. One last piss. One last piss. One last piss. Lulu looks disappointed. Yale has no fucking clue what's happening. She's like, what? Selfie squid lips. It's tradition. All right, well, uh, you do one last piss. Uh, there isn't any evil in here. Uh, there's no evil allowed in the Bleeding Citadel. I'm actually wrong about that. You do have one evil mouth that you could pee into. Oh, <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Is it the shield? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Bring that <laughs> son of a bitch out here. For a second, I thought Hamstone was secretly evil. I'm gonna pee into the mouth of the shield. Oh boy. Do, should, should we release him? No, no, we'll just leave the shield here and, and go not exist. All right, so you take the shield off, the shield of the hidden lord that contains within it a powerful devil named Gargoth, who's been trying to convince you since the day you found the shield to just let him free, man. He'll totally help you with all your problems. But you've never listened. You picked the wrong guys. And you put the shield on the floor. Hey, shield, we're gonna uh, we're gonna pee on you now. 
I already vomited. <laughs> Why? Why? No! No! I can help you! Because you're evil, bro. So are you! You are all evil! None of you are worthy to draw the sword! Zip. Cross the streams, guys! Cross the streams! <laughs> <laughs> you drown out Gargoth's uh, cries with urine and, and vomit in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Great White Spark says from now on he'll be known as Gargles. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We just lost 15 new viewers. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is what we do. If they can't handle it, then goodbye to them. <laughs> All right. And then as the shield is laying there silent and stained and defiled, uh, the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, all five members, uh, stand around the stone with Zerial's sword sticking out of it. And you each place a hand, or in Lulu's case, a trunk, around the hilt of the long sword and begin to pull. Uh, for a moment, there's a little bit of resistance, but the sword slides free from the stone. And now you're all kind of awkwardly holding it. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it, guys. Uh, Yale uh, smiles and uh, says, My work here is done. Good luck, and just know that when one of you unlocks this sword's powers, you will be gone forever. But it might be what you need to do to finally redeem Zeriel. This sword has many powers, so use them wisely. And with that, she fades away into motes of light that drift upwards into the sky. I yell, Yell, come back now! You hear? <laughs> I slap him. <laughs> so you're left with those words about unlocking the power of this sword. And all of you at this point have had experience with magic items. So you get the feeling that she means when someone attunes to the sword, that's when things will happen. Can we attune simultaneously? I guess you could try. Okay. <laughs> well, we got to follow through with it, right? Let's try. Why not? Okay. Hey, hey guys, I just want to say, if we all uh, fade into non-existence, it's been great being with you. And I hope we find some real estate wherever we end up. Yeah. Yeah. I echo that sentiment. I hope we have lots of eggs and frogs. We're going to the big farm up north and Aqua Team Hunger Force. Salute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you guys are all okay with this simultaneous uh, attunement, then we will proceed. Yes. Yes. Do it. So there is no mechanic for everyone simultaneously attuning. So what I'm going to do is I am going to have you guys make an initiative roll. Oh, goodness. Uh, because that represents how quickly you're able to do pretty much everything. So oh boy. the winner of this initiative roll will be the first one to attune to this sword. And the attunement happens instantaneously. It doesn't take an hour like most things. I guess it's not me. Oh. oh my god, I think it might be. Hold on. Ooh. Ooh. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Reginald. All right. The guy who said he was gonna do it. Uh, Jason, I'll let you decide whether Reginald actually did 
try to just attune simultaneously, or if he made the decision, you know what, I'm gonna tune a little bit before go. <laughs> when everybody says, three, two, one, go. I, I, I'm true to my word with these guys. I think he would have tried to attune simultaneously. Okay. So you just got the luck of the draw then, as uh, you feel your soul begin to be overcome with warmth. Um, your memories begin to change along with your mind. When you attune to this sword, you are completely changed as a person. So we are gonna need to roll some dice. Uh, first of all, you get a new personality trait. So go ahead and roll me a d8. Five. All right, so these new personality traits will override any conflicting personality traits, ideals, bonds, or flaws that you previously had. Um, number five, personality trait. Reginald Hamstone now often quotes or misquotes religious texts. <laughs> that seems more Reginald Hamstone than before. <laughs> okay, ideal. I need you to roll a d6 this time. Two. Two. Faith, I choose to follow the tenets of a particular lawful good deity to the letter. Whore served me well. Yeah, whore is not lawful. But yeah, I have to I have to give it up for Lathander. Jedi says, Reginald Hamstone now sells shitty pillows in the parking lot of a Mankato, Minnesota Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> they took my phone. They took it. These machines. Whatever it says on Hamstone's uh, alignment, by the way, whatever it said, it is now lawful good. What were you? I was uh, chaotic good. Okay. Bonds. I'm going to need you to roll a d6. Got a five. I seek to honor the angel Zeriel by destroying fiends and other evildoers wherever I find them. All right. Huh. Okay. Uh, that could be a problem coming up. Uh, now a flaw. D6. Five. Holy fuck. Okay. This is your flaw. I allow nothing to stand in the way of my crusade to eradicate evil from the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like uh, Hamstone uh, took a hard right. He used to be like, eh, you know, I'll let a thing slide now and then, just you know, as long as I fight the greater evil. And now he's, yeah, he's just like, I'll murder everyone in my way. I will kill that tiny fiend. You basically are uh, overcome with the essence of Zeriel that had been maintained and, and, and like saved inside of this sword. Uh, so you find yourself understanding on a very deep level the reason why Zeriel fell, uh, because you feel the same way that she did. You believe that it is your job and your only purpose in existence to eradicate evil from the multiverse, and you will let nothing stop you from doing that, including eradicating the archdevil Zeriel herself, which is kind of rough. So, in addition to that, you have a really badass sword now. It is a long sword, and you are proficient with it, even if you normally weren't. You are transformed into a heavenly, idealized version of yourself, blessed with otherworldly beauty, 
and a touch of heaven in your heart. Have I lo- did I lose a little weight too, maybe? If that's idealized, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so describe what you look like now. I got bigger muscles and you can actually kind of see a little tiny bit of toning. Like it's uh like I'm a heavyweight fighter. Like I st- I'm still I'm still hamstone, but I you know but you can see I got some muscle underneath there. Uh-huh. You know you got the juice, yeah. I got a lot of swagger too. I like to wink at people. I like to <laughs> wink. You gain plus two charisma permanently. Whoa. Every round when you have at least one hit point remaining, you heal 1d6 hit points. Oh, who is this guy? <laughs> you have resistance to necrotic and radiant damage. Oh my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Your charisma doesn't increase by two. It becomes 22. Whoa. <laughs> Sure. I thought you were going to be erased from existence. He is. This is a. This is essentially a different person. This is a different yeah. person. Our, okay. The hamstone, you guys know, will never exist again. Okay, but we have uh, one very important question. And does it say anything about whether or not he can still pee in the mouth of evil? He can. And I don't think any of his uh, flaws overrode that <laughs> desire. So... Okay. All right. Well, then he can still be in the GPB. I was a little worried. You also have a heavily idealized and beautiful penis now. Statuesque, if you will. Ah, yes. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Hamstone's penis grew by three sizes that day. (laughs) Um, You sprout a beautiful pair of feathered wings. (laughs) You now have a flying speed of 90 feet and the ability to hover. Oh, look at my wings. Did he just become Zariel? Kind of, like a mini version of her. And my hair, my hair grew out and now my hair just kind of like flows in the breeze when my wings flap. Totally. Um, Your eyes are now luminous pools of silver. You can see in normal and magical darkness, see invisible creatures and objects. It's it's true sight, uh, out to 60 feet. Is he still here physically? I mean, you watched him basically go Super Saiyan and turn into a taller, more beautiful and fitter version of himself. But you can tell that he still is Hamstone. You know, he just looks different. Oh, why Goostone? <laughs> I'm no longer Hamstone. I am Steakstone. And you are, you are Sirloin. Yeah, Great White Sparks name for you is appropriate. Glamstone. Glamstone. We're almost done. Almost done with your abilities. The sword is constantly glowing. It gives disadvantage to fiends who are within five feet of it on their attack rolls, which is awesome. And as a bonus action, you can make it grow brighter. So so it's a 15 foot radius and it gives them disadvantage in that radius. And then it deals an extra 2d8 radiant damage to any creature that it hits or 3d10 radiant damage if you're wielding it in two hands. Um, Additionally, any creature that takes this radiant damage that is evil must make a DC 17 con save or be blinded for a turn. Yep. And then finally, I swear this is the last bonus. You have advantage on all insight checks. Such an attention whore. I'm not sure I like you anymore. (laughs) I smile at him. I like you. All right, as you exchange that beautiful little bit of dialogue you just did there, you guys feel a rumbling under your feet. And the through the stained glass windows of the Bleeding Citadel, you can see the like pulsating bloody scab that has started growing over this whole place. And you f- see this glowing light begin to uh, burst forth from Zeriel's sword. And it just keeps 
growing and growing until it completely fills the room and blinds all of you. And you feel and hear an explosion. And when you are able to finally see again, you see that the scab in its entirety has been completely blasted away by this light. And you are now standing in the Bleeding Citadel, surrounded by like half a mile of just gore and blood and dead demons. Nice. Is Moonstone alive? Or Mooncolor, yes. I mean? This actually only does damage to evil things. So Mooncolor's fine. Okay. So you guys have the Sword of Zeriel. Elturel's companion has been opened and the planetar inside, Natius, has pledged to help you raise Elturel back to the material realm. You have Glamstone, who wields the Sword of Zeriel. All you need to do now is break the chains that hold Elturel into Avernus and then get Natius to lift it up into the material realm. That is all you need to do and you will be finally home. What do you do? We said we would try to save Zeriel. We can go home? Or we can finish the mission. You always have to finish the mission. We gotta finish the mission. Didn't Natius say he thought he could break the chains? Natius said that he thought he could lift it, but he could not break the chains. You can't ask the shield for help now because we peed on it and I left it there. Well, then obviously it's Glimstone's job now. I shall break the chains of evil which hold the city of Eltorel down here. Glad to see you still have your accent. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I'm still the same guy, kind of, you know. It's like Lathander always says, you look in a mirror, sometimes a mirror looks back. So you guys make your way out of the Bleeding Citadel, which is at this point actually just opening the front door and how you just see like this mountain of, of dead demons and gore out in front of you. And about a half a mile away, you can just barely see your little uh, fiendish uh, vehicles that you parked over there. So some of you walk. Others of you sexy fly over there. Sure do. <laughs> and you insert your last soul coins, not the one that may or may not contain Castle of Soul. Yeah, of course. that's right. And you drive off towards El Torel to finish what you started oh so long ago. Hours pass and you see El Torel in the distance. It has gone significantly closer to the river sticks beneath it being drawn apparently at an accelerated rate by something. And you can even see from this distance that there is a much larger battle being waged around Elturel. You see not only the swarms of devils and demons that are flying about, hurling fire at each other and, and shrieking and making each other go insane, but you also see the large reptilian figures of dragons flying around. Uh, and you realize that the forces of Tiamat have now joined in the chaotic battle that is occurring <laughs> right around El Terrell. Lulu looks at this and says to you guys, Oh my gosh, I've never seen such fighting here in Avernus. And remember, I have my memories back, so this is like a legit, legit thing. I know that Zeriel would always want to be in, in the thickest part of the battle. We may be able to find her down there somewhere. I know where she'll be. Follow me, boys! And Lulu. All right. Lulu. And we're off. You feel, uh, Glamstone, you feel compelled to uh, to go there as well. Lulu says, hey, would uh, would you guys like a ride? Yeah. Yes, please. As she hops off the vehicle and transforms into a giant mammoth that flies. All right. So on the back of your now massive, powerful mammoth, you guys fly towards the massive battle that is occurring right around El Terrell. So you have a choice to make here, guys. You can either try to find 
Zeriel and do something, or you can just fly straight to Elturel and try to break the chain using the sword of Zeriel. Uh, all I know is that we've become metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to imagine what Glamstone looks like now, like with that sword and with his like flowing hair riding on a mammoth. Pretty much just like Jason yeah. with the sword. That's so cool. <laughs> well, what do you think, boys? Well, I think I think Hamstone would understand that, you know, freeing the the city of Elturel is really important. Yeah, part of the matter. But his in his with his new I- ideology, I, I think he would want to go right for Zario. Works for us. Mercy kill? What if we can't turn Zeriel back. That's true. It appears that possibly Elturel is in imminent danger of being sucked into the river. So, what if we can't turn Zeriel back and because we went there first, the city is lost? So, should we have a hard out? Like, like you know, is there like a time frame before we just kick rocks? If we go and start to free the city of Elturel, she'll find us. That's a stronger calling card. Alright, let's do it. Okay, so you fly to Elturel, deciding that perhaps you can save the city, and in the act of doing that, attract the attention of Zeriel. So, you uh, you take a hard right turn and held, head towards Elturel, and you land next to one of the massive chains. So yeah, you're now in front of one of the massive chains. What do you do? Hamstone, you think you can uh, cut these up? I'll give it my best shot. Do it. And I swing it. Swing for the fences. Lulu um, stops you for a moment. She tries to stop you. Do you heed her? Yes. What is it, Lulu? She uh, she says, I don't know if uh, if what you're doing is is right. I mean, what if what if you can't break the chain? What if it's too strong? Then what? Can we try something else. Well, then we'll make we'll make Zariel do it. All right. If you really think this is the right thing to do, I trust you. All right, I swing. All right, you swing the sword of Zeriel, and it contacts this massive hellish chain that is holding Elturel down. And the sword passes through the chain as if it was butter. However, all of the chains begin to break and shatter once you strike this one chain. No loss there. And this massive sort of ringing echoes across the battlefield as these humongous chains crumple down to the ground, squashing and crushing hundreds, if not thousands of demons and devils that are fighting beneath it. it. It worked. You're sure that it worked. Of course it worked. And you all celebrate for a moment uh, and you turn, though, and notice that Glamstone isn't celebrating. Oh shit. Glamstone looks down in his hands and sees that the Sword of Zeriel is broken. I broke it. Oh, wow. He, maybe he should have shouldn't have hit it so hard. Uh, I'm just going to bring up one thing real quick. Mr. DeBobby, you can turn back time if we don't want that to happen. Uh, you mean like... Like Cher? Well, you can eat that mushroom. I know why she couldn't. Cher couldn't do that. I could, though. We need the sword to kill her. Huh? Huh, you guys, uh, should I do it? Yeah. Does it look like this? Do it. Wait, but you didn't describe what happened. Did the city Did the city rise back up, or, like, what happened? The city rises, but if we do that, then we can't save Zeriel. That's the problem. I think we've lost the chance to save Zeriel if the sword breaks. You have six seconds to make this decision, by the way. All right, guys, what do we <laughs> want to do? Do we want to save Zeriel or not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I eat the mushroom. Eat it. Undo the sword smack. 
So, it is now a few seconds earlier. Lulu has just finished saying, All right, if you really think this is the right thing to do, I trust you. It's not the right thing to do. Stop! <laughs> guys, guys, listen. No, no. I I saw what happened. I had to eat a mushroom and come back here to stop you. You can't do this. It's Zariel can't be rescued if we do this. You, wait, you ate your mushroom? I did. I ate the red mushroom and canceled out us smacking this. Why? Because the sword breaks. The sword breaks. Oh, crap. It breaks the sword and, will, and Zariel's doomed. To Zariel. Yes. It was a delicious mushroom, by the way. Tasted very good. Nice. A little shiitake? Okay. Yeah, because it was in the Emporium. Yeah. 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 Who was that? Yeah, it was. We, we bought that at the Emporium, yeah. Clutch. Lathander, praise your fungi. Let's go to Zeriel. That was brilliant. Great work. Whoever... Who was the... It was a fan who did the mushroom thing. Saved all of our motherfucking asses. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That patron just... Saved the whole campaign. Danny Bell. Danny Bell goes way back. Danny Bell sponsored Skyrim for Pimps, I think, once. I'm so glad I didn't use it during the fight. Yeah, me too. All right, so now, crisis having been averted, you guys turn back towards the thick fighting that is happening. You guys ride Lulu through this, this battle that is happening all around you. Explosions are going off. Spells are being slung everywhere. Arrows are flying. Firebolts are scorching through the air. And Lulu is dodging all of them like some sort of expert pilot in a Star Wars movie, of which there are many expert pilots. Yeah. Jar Jar and such. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can see that there is this massive clearing where Zeriel is squaring off against some sort of incredibly large demon. And as you break through the uh, the sort of like barrier of surrounding bodies and enter into this this circle, this clearing, uh, that is the moment when Zeriel, with a swift swing of her hammer, crushes the skull of this demon, which explodes into gore. And she turns and looks at you as if drawn by the power of her sword. And her eyes sort of squint what do you guys do? What's up, Zeriel? <laughs> uh, Jason, do you have any... What would, uh, what would Hamstone do? I am going to jump off of the back of Lulu, float down on my angelic wings, planting the tip of Zeriel's sword into the ground, landing superhero style, right? Down on one knee, bowing my head in front of Zeriel. I, I seek, seek to, to honor you, the angel Zeriel. And rid you of the fiendish plague that has befallen you due to your pride. The sword glows uh, with holy power as uh, you say these words. And uh, it begins to glow even more. And you can start to feel it actually trying to leave your grasp. Uh, as it's like almost like it's trying to pull itself towards her. Do you resist its... Uh, attempt to leave your hand feel like it's trying to harm her like is it trying to get me to strike her it feels like it's just gently trying to uh, leave your grip um almost like it's uh like has a will of its own i hold on to it i want to hear what she says she sort of like floats down to the ground she was probably hovering uh, five or ten feet above the ground uh and uh she 
looks enraged at you. Um, but when she sees, when she gets close enough to really see the sword that you are holding, she pauses and is taken aback. Uh, and go ahead and make an inside check. Only Glamstone, please. Get that big fat bonus on there. What was the bonus? Uh, advantage. Oh, advantage. Okay. Well, I don't get any bonuses on it, so here goes nothing, guys. Yeah. 17. 17. Okay. Yeah, that's good enough. She's not doing a very good job of hiding it, but she is, uh, she is completely just taken aback by the sight of this sword. And this is a rare moment of weakness for her. She has spent the last 140 years being completely single-minded and having absolutely no doubts about what it is that she's been doing. But you see doubt creep across her face as she sees this sword in her hand. Again, the sword tries to um, leave your hand. Do you resist or do you let it go? Uh, no, I hold, I hold on to it. Okay. She speaks. She says, Who are you to wield such a sword? I am the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, and we are the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. I jump down next to him. You all do an anime-style, like, party shot with all your cool different landings and poses. And then I say, Amongst our weapons are... <laughs> a comfy chair! <laughs> She looks up and sees Lulu, and she gasps again. It looks like she's even more beginning to experience doubt. You realize that this is going to be the time, if there's any chance for you to redeem her, it will be right now for you to convince her to say words that would make her realize the folly of what she has been doing for the last 140 years. Well, even though I have a 22 charisma race. I got this. You gave up! I, I shouts as I made a bullhorn out of my animated performance so she can really feel the impact. Look all around you! For the last 140 years, everything that you fought so hard for has been lost. Look at Lulu. You know where we found Lulu, your magnificent Hollyfant? She was in a bar serving beer from her trunk like a goddamn circus animal. How dare you give up everything because of your ego? Look at you. How many kills will make that pit of your fucking end up? That pit, you know, how there's never enough killing? You know what? The killing of demons was never what really fulfilled you. What always, at the end of the day, fulfilled you was being able to save people. And you can't even save yourself right now because you've lost your way. You can kill me with a snap of your finger and that wouldn't do anything. The only thing that's ever going to make you feel whole again is coming back to yourself. Wake up, Zeriel. If you're not going to wake up now, you might as well die because who you are doesn't exist when you aren't living as the person you should be. Wake up or give up, but I'm tired of seeing this. I got a little drunk dad at the end there, but you get this. <laughs> no, I love that. That was great. Bravo. Does anyone else want to contribute anything to this? He's still going to be the one who makes the, the role, but does anyone have anything they want to say? Yeah, I, I say, just look above you right now. There's a city of innocence that's being dragged to its doom. I fought in the military my whole life. I know about missions. Innocents are, are what it's all about. You have to 
find a reason to fight, and that's to save those who can't fight for themselves. And you've got on this ridiculous mission to kill demons, you forgot about who really matters. I say, <clears throat> Serial, don't try it. I have the high ground. <laughs> I based that off Great White Sparks hilarious quote. You were my brother. I loved you. Either you don't know, you don't show. They don't give a fuck about what's going on in South Central Los Angeles. Come on, Zaria. <laughs> a, little, a little boys in the hood? Anybody? Nope. <laughs> I add, I add, finally, Zariel. The angel, Zariel. Say goodbye and betray Asmodeus. Betray what you have become and be what you truly are. Become Zariel, the angel. Take your sword. Sever these chains and let us return Elturel to where it belongs and save these innocent lives. And I let go of the sword. The sword floats from your hand. It's not violently pulled, but it floats gently towards Zeriel and hovers about four feet away from her. She sees in its highly polished blade her own reflection. Um, however, it is not the reflection of the Zeriel that is now. It's the reflection of the Zeriel that once was. And a tear sort of falls down from her eyeless sockets. And she uh, looks over towards the, the battle that is raging all around you, towards the faraway mountain where Tiamat was held at bay. She looks towards the gaping maw of the abyss where she has been fighting for the last 140 years, hoping to stem the tide of demons, but having made absolutely no progress towards that goal. She looks at you all and says, I've done so many horrible things, unforgivable things, over the last century and a half. I don't know that I can be redeemed. How could I ever be redeemed? She looks pleadingly at uh, Glamstone. You just have to do it, Zeriel. You just have to take the sword and do it. Look, we all been through it. Now's your chance. Take up your sword, Angel Zeriel. <laughs> all right. Uh, you get replaced by, um, oh, God. What's the just do it guy? Oh, What's Rob Snyder? Do it. Just do it. Shia LaBeef. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I'm going to need a persuasion check. I, I'm going to use my inspiration also that I haven't used. I'm actually going to require an inspiration or a persuasion check by everyone. Okay. Ooh, all right. Now we're talking. Wake up! Let's go. Whoa! Double crit. the boys. Wow. This is how you close <laughs> out a campaign. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> hey, Zariel, you got to make things a little bit more enjoyable, okay? <laughs> yeah. Double crit. You should try peeing in the mouth of evil, Zariel. That's where it's at. You can piss in the mouth of evil without becoming evil yourself. And what I said to Persuader was, don't even try, it's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I slap him. Yeah. 
Uh, Zeriel's trembling hand reaches towards the gleaming hilt of her sword. Her fingers brush against it, and she grimaces as radiant light sears her flesh. As her grip tightens, she gasps in pain, then speaks an oath through tears of confusion, sorrow, and dawning joy. I, Zeriel, supplicate myself before the holy light of justice. If it should accept me, I vow to take up this blade once more in its service. Then, Zeriel is bathed in a brilliant wash of radiant light. Her fiery halo disappears, and feathers burst forth from her leathery wings. All of her diabolical features vanish as her angelic form is restored. At the sight of this blessed transformation, Lulu gasps in delight and transforms into her celestial mammoth form with golden fur, feathered wings, and gleaming tusks. You all say, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Lathander! <laughs> Congratulations, guys. You did it. You got the good ending. Yeah. Does, does she yeah. release oh. Brown Claws? Does she release Elturel? Yep, with her sword in hand, she flies towards Elturel, cutting down in, in vast droves any devil or, or demon that tries to get in her way, and arrives at Elturel. And taking up her sword in her hand, she instantly cleaves through the chain. And unlike when Glamstone wielded it, the sword survives. The planetar Nacius, who had been hiding inside of the inside of the uh, companion, he like cracks it open and is like, "Is everything safe?" And he sees Zeriel, and uh, he flies down and is like, "Oh my god, G good job, guys! I knew you were gonna do it. No problem." <laughs> and he he lifts the city up on his strong shoulders and flies it upwards. And you guys have a choice: you can go with or you can stay here. There will be fiends to fight. Elsewhere, I shall go. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, we're going. Lulu and Zeriel uh, accompany you, uh, along with the whole city, as you guys ascend towards the material realm. Gentlemen, let's go home. It is a bright, sunny afternoon in uh, Baldur's Gate, and uh, Race the Roaster sets foot onto the freshly mowed lawn of the mansion that he now lives in. What are you doing this uh, this afternoon? You know what? After all that stress, I just wanted to come back and be a family man. You guys remember that half orc woman I had at the bar fight my first fight for me? Half ogre, my friend. <laughs> Even better. I decided it's time for me to settle <laughs> down and become a family man. Having been an orphan, all I want to do is raise a, a little batch of bastards of my own. So I'm just, you know, I'm barbecuing, but more importantly. I got my girl with me. I'm just enjoying the, the sights, that's all. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so uh, that's Race. He's barbecuing with his girl. Uh, are there little mini races on the way? Yes, there are. Uh-huh. There's um, <laughs> two of them. The first one is Lucius, and the second one is Cookie. That's right. I named them after the characters from Empire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Bobby, what are, what are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm spending the day uh, doing some uh, landscaping um, in front of our new mansion, uh -huh. where we all live now, and um, wasn't there somebody that uh, we had, like, locked in there or something in that mansion? <laughs> well... Wait, one of the brothers? 
Or did they all die? They're they're long gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's this this place has been uh, cleaned up and you know redone, sold to you guys. Uh, so you probably invented the lawnmower and are currently mowing the lawn, right? <laughs> yes, I'm currently mowing the lawn, and um, I've uh, I've borrowed uh, one of Glubjeg's beans, and I decide to plant it and just for old time's sake and see what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, roll a d100. 97. Uh, you got the Table pyramid up. with the mummy oh lord inside of it. <laughs> no! Okay, okay, that's going to happen, but first... Oh my God! Let's find out what... <laughs> what everyone else is doing when this happens. Um, yeah, Brad, what is Glubjeg doing? I've been, uh, I've been on a, a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I was I visited Mount Celestia uh, and the Blessed Fields of Elysium. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Sure. Of course. Uh, and the the windswept depths of Pandemonium, uh, just to uh, kind of see what some of the other planes were like. And so uh, I am coming up the street. Okay. Uh, as he plants this bean. By the way, Bardrum is with me too. <laughs> Uh, Glamstone, you probably went with Zeriel, uh, to Mount Celestia, uh, where she has begun her penance. Um, she is, uh, not going to be killing any demons for a while. She has been essentially put into anger management training, uh, <laughs> up there. Uh, so you've been kind of being a support for her for a while. Uh, but go ahead and... and Tell us what else you've been up to. Well, you know, the guys, they had this soul coin uh, that they they were pretty convinced that, like, Kozlo's soul was in this soul coin. At least that was the you know, theory they had. So while we there on Mount Celestia, it's a powerful place, and I got some new powers, so I got to working on this. And, uh, you know, perhaps we figured out how to get this soul out of the soul coin. I would like to go back to the mansion and, uh, you know... Help them free uh, the soul that's in the soul coin, if I could. So you went with Zeriel to Mount Celestia. And uh, while there, you know, told her about the unfortunate fate that Coslo met while trying to redeem her. Not to guilt trip her, of course, but, you know, maybe a little bit of help might be appreciated. And she informs you that when she uh, was redeemed, it invalidated her contract with Asmodeus, first of all. But second of all, it invalidated any contract that was made with her. And so any soul coin that was created while she was the ruler of Avernus suddenly became null. So the soul of Koslo is now free. And she says, Would you like me to bring him back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, we're here at Mount Celestia. Can you bring him back and, like, have him with his old buddies? She closes her eyes and opens them up, like, four seconds later, and she's like, it is done. All right, so just as uh, DeBobby is planting this bean, where's the soul coin? I was carrying two, for sure. Does anybody actually have it in their inventory? <laughs> I th I thought I did, actually. I wrote it down. I was in my inventory. As you've uh, planted and, and watered the bean, uh, Dababi, you hear a familiar voice 
and the sort of creaking of the the gate that leads to your uh, front lawn. And you turn and you see Kostla. Hey, the Bobby. <laughs> oh my God, Kozlo! What? <laughs> you were dead. What happened? I, is this a? Am I dreaming? Is it because I planted the bean? You did what? I planted a bean in the ground. One of those magic beans, remember? From down the block, I yell, Kozlo! What? Hey! He's back! Kozlo's back! Hey! He lives! Hey, Race! I run over to give Race a hug. Race, you're there too. You see him. I'm overtaken because I, I carried his bucket. You know what I mean? So to see him in the flesh. I'm, I'm just a weepy mess. I can't believe it. I'm like, I got babies, man. Look at my baby. <laughs> oh, they look like you, but they're yeah, different. <laughs> can't believe you're here, buddy. I know. I, I almost died with you, man. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Oh, my God. What a reunion. What a happy ending for all of us. Wait, the Bobby. What? Did you plant a magic bean? Yeah. Uh, Just for... For fun, you know, I thought maybe some eggs would come out or something. Oh, boy. At that exact moment, a pyramid with a 60-foot square base bursts (laughs) upwards, exploding half of the mansion and launching all of you guys 40 feet in the air. And then the camera gradually pans up into the air, away from our mansion and all the hijinks. (laughs) But the last thing we see... Is the Bobby's mouth going up into the air of? <laughs> well, there you go. Episode 93, the finale to Descent into Avernus. We hope you enjoyed the last three years half as much as we have because we have had a blast and we are looking forward to the Valley of Green Gold. It's already underway. It's good. I think you're going to love it. Also, I'm going to be a guest of Greg Benson on Mediocre Films Bad Movies Live. We'll be watching the horrible movie from the year 2000, Dungeons and Dragons, starring Jeremy Irons and Marlon Wayans. That's uh, Friday, January 20th. Bad Movies Live is on the Mediocre Films Twitch channel. We'll put a link on our website. Just go to ratedrpgpodcast.com and you'll find the link there. We're going to mock the hell out of that movie. On behalf of everyone around Yield Gaming Table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast. So there is a post credit scene, guys. We're back in Avernus. Uh, you guys aren't there, but we are in a familiar place. Uh, it's hot. There's uh, There are forges all around. Fire giants hammering on massive black iron implements of war. And floating on his throne is Bell, the forge master. The one who sort of, kind of helped you figure out how to open the companion, but not really. Former ruler of Avernus until he was supplanted by Zeriel. Uh, sits on his throne as uh, an imp uh, flies up to him and whispers something into his ear. Uh, and Bell chuckles to himself and says, excellent, excellent. And he begins to say something else when he hears footsteps. And uh, immediately the, the smile on his face sort of uh, turns into a frown, an almost scared-looking expression is on Bell's face. And the footsteps draw closer. They sound not like shoes, but almost like cloven hooves. From the darkness emerges a figure 13 feet in height, but very thin, uh, wearing resplendent black and red robes. 
studded with gems that have a value that can only be guessed at, uh, wielding a massive ruby scepter in one hand. This figure is incredibly beautiful, but in a very twisted and dark sort of way. Bell says, uh, Master Zeriel, she has broken her contract with you. She has left Avernus. It is rulerless. I, obviously, should be the one to replace her. The figure uh, smiles and his red coals for eyes sort of glow in the darkness. And he just sort of laughs. And uh, Bell says, Why are you laughing, Great One? You have been betrayed by Zeriel. And uh, Asmodeus, the lord of all nine hells, says, Did she, though? And disappears into the smoke and leaves Bell sitting on his throne, wondering what the fuck just happened. And that's the end of the campaign. (laughs) 